Knock, knock, Rangers. Daddy's at the door, and he's looking to reclaim his division. We'll talk about it next on episode 24 of Stone Cold Strows, and it starts right now. Welcome to Stone Cold Shows. I'm Brandon Strange. I'm joined by senior content contributor Charlie Palillo. If you enjoy him here, please be sure to read his column weekly on sportsmap.com. Follow him on Twitter at Palillo. And Josh Jordan, he edits that column as well as all the columns on sportsmap.com. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Josh Jordan 975. For everyone out there watching, please be sure to hit like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. I'll turn my notifications off so we won't get any more dings like that during the uh, podcast. Gentlemen, welcome in. Greetings. What do you call an underwhelming sweep of one of the worst teams in the history of baseball? Answer, a sweep. How we'll sweep it was. I'll, I'll see myself out. So, guys, let's talk about it. The Astros have won seven straight, 10 out of 11 as of this recording. They're currently sitting two games behind the Rangers. Who stood out to you during this run? You know, there really wasn't one guy as the Astros did a, a perfect job of taking out the trash. The Cubs are bad. The A's are historically pathetic and inept. So, run the table. Now, you don't get a prize for that, but that was handling business. But it's not as if one guy had an amazing week through the team on his back. Uh, so I will mention Jose Altuve's return as just feeling like a tremendous tonic. Drew four walks in the three games, and it just feels like order is restored at the top of the batting order. All due respect to Mauricio Dubon. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll hand a, a small bouquet because the opportunities are rare. Uh, Martin Maldonado, now over his last 14 games, is batting 296 doesn't override that he hit 131 in the 20 games he played before that but take it where you can get it yep i'm gonna go with uh, our man jake myers he's been really good as of late uh, our friend brian mctaggart had down that nine consecutive plate appearances he reached base before recording an out in the eighth inning of the game yesterday so way to go jake myers the pitching's also been great i mean look what fromber did yesterday so yeah maldi Jake Myers, great job. Yeah, and and I'll go with uh, Hunter Brown during this stretch because uh, his his last seven games, he's you know three and one with a three two three ERA. Granted, we had some hopes that this is what we would see out of Hunter Brown this season, but hope in one hand and in the other, and you see which one fills up first. Hunter Brown has filled the hope up hand, so that's that's really awesome, uh, and and that's really good because. The update on uh, Lance McCullers uh, this week, not necessarily encouraging. We don't know exactly uh, what it is, but we uh, we know that as of uh, Sunday, uh, Lance McCullers was scheduled for a live bullpen session, and that was uh, downgraded to a uh, soft uh, playing catch uh, on a flat surface. Stop me if you've heard this one before, but the Astros say it's not a setback. Guys, uh, I have a, a pre-bottom line question before we get to the bottom line question, which is, who do you think gets back first, Lance McCullers or Michael Brantley? <laughs> God. Oh, boy. Ah, geez, if Brantley's not back before the All-Star break, the Astros and Jeff Bagwell had the worst medical diagnosis in the history of medical diagnoses. Oh, yeah, he'll be good to go opening day. 
So I guess I have to go Brantley because with what Dana Brown said on Sunday, no way McCullers is coming back before the All-Star break, and that's mid-July. Yep. Give me Michael Brantley. I Just McCullers doesn't look anywhere near ready. And to get him prepared to be able to throw 100 pitches per start, I mean, that seems a long way away for me, unfortunately. Uh, we we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, but uh, you know we we kind of diagnosing or dissecting, I should say, uh, Dana Brown's comments about McCullers and kind of their desire to ramp him up to a certain level. Um, you know, whether it's a starter, I mean, they they definitely need starter depth, um, but if they're not able to ramp him up to a starter's um, amount of innings. Uh, what's, what's the likelihood maybe we see him come out of the bullpen? Uh, I mean, that's, I mean, the bullpen's pretty stacked. There's, there's a lot of competition there. Uh, he would definitely be, if you gave him meaningful innings, we'd definitely be displacing someone who's su- super productive, but, um, you know, where, where does he kind of fit into that puzzle? Uh, I think you to a good extent there asked and answered Brandon, if McCullers is throwing bullpen innings, It either means the bullpen has blown multiple gaskets or McCullers is generally meaningless because he's not going to supplant Presley. He's not going to supplant Brian Abreu or Hector Neris. I know it's been a bumpy road for Rafael Montero, but we'll see where he is six weeks from now. Ditto, I guess, Ryan Stanek. Um, I think the hope with McCullers, who at this point is not a luxury given the hits they've taken in the rotation, whether the return of Rakiti, obviously no return coming for Luis Garcia. Turns out J.P. France isn't going to be in the express lane to the Cy Young race. And Brandon Bielak, once he faces better lineups, giving up 33 base runners in 18 innings, it's not going to play. Um, so they can really, really use Lance. Uh, I think the reasonable goal would be that if he can give you 75, 80 pitches, and he's what they used to call a five and fly before it became the standard for so many starting pitchers. If he gets you through five innings, you know, Fromber's going deep, Javier's going deep, Hunter Brown's giving you a reliable six. Well, if your fourth and five starters are giving you five competent innings, then, then you can stack that bullpen to cover the rest of the game. Uh, over under on the colors, he made eight starts last season. Right? His regular season debut was August 13th. He gave them eight pretty good starts. And the postseason, eh, you're only good as your last start. They buried him in a pee, um, uh, Philadelphia. Uh, but if you're offered McCullers eight regular season starts and healthy going into the postseason, I take a ditto of last season. Yeah, that makes sense. But it, it just makes you wonder, is, is this going to be it every year where he takes half the season to get ready to, to start playing and pitching? How sustainable is that? I don't know. I know McCullers prefers to start. I know they prefer him to start for all the reasons you laid out. But just with where we are, I mean, it's Groundhog Day. We're we're seeing it again. I mean, to just count on him to be able to pitch for a, for a handful of starts in the playoffs is is pretty discouraging. But I don't know if it's any better out of the bullpen. You know, bullpen guys have to get up and get loose quickly. You know, based on uh, how the game flow is happening, if somebody's getting in trouble, you, you don't want a guy with with elbow issues hurrying up to get ready to to get in a game and throw high velocity with a lot of breaking pitches. So, I think they're doing the best they can with Lance. I guess patience is really the only option they have. I think if it's a, a role of consequence, it's starter or bust for McCullers. Well, I mean, obviously, the pitching plays a very key. Uh, important element to this team because right now they are playing a game of 
how low can you keep the other score right now because the Astros offense, you know, we're talking about the stretch of games in which they've uh, won, you know, 10 of 11, but they're still in the lower echelons of offensive rankings. It's just been the pitching that's been uh, superb for them to be able to sustain. Uh, I mean, nothing for nothing, but that was kind of the key to their success last year was, you know, having just top notch starting and bullpen and, you know, being able to hit, you know, have timely scoring. Uh, I just wonder if they can sustain that, especially as uh, the, uh, uh, as, as this continues and as uh, Jose Abreu continues to hit in the cleanup role, we'll talk about that more later. Uh, Let's talk about offense and defense on specifically on the right side of the Astros infield. Jose Altuve returns, as we've discussed. He was two for his first nine with four walks. Look at that, four walks right out of the gate. We talked about this before his return. We talked about would this push Jose Abreu down in the lineup and out of that cleanup spot. We saw little signs that Dusty was uh, a little bit more flexible going lefty-lefty with Jordan and Tucker. And while nothing shocks us about Dusty's lineup. I, are you at least a little surprised that Dusty is sticking with Abreu in the cleanup spot, given that he really had a built-in excuse to reshuffle the lineup with Altuve's return? It's managerial negligence at this point that Dusty relapsed. Back-to-back games last week, he went with Jordan 3, Tucker 4. Abreu 10th would probably be better than 5th, but okay, it was a step in moving him down. And then they face a, a lefty with an ERA over seven Friday night. Oh, I have to have a Braille in there splitting up my lefties. Um, there's no worse player in Major League Baseball this season. There isn't one for the playing time that he's gotten. It's not as if he compensates for the sub-brutal offensive performance with dazzling base running skills. Of course, when you're never on base, I guess it minimizes the damage you can do there. The defense has been spotty at best. But the man was signed for $19.5 million per season to come and hit, and he hasn't hit worth a damn. It's now no home runs as an Astro. One, one in his last even 100 games played starting this week, dating to the one homer in his last 55 games with the White Sox. He hardly ever hits the ball hard. He can't pull anything. Has he come close to hitting a pop fly that drops in the Crawford boxes? I don't think so. I think he has one ball that hit maybe halfway up the wall to the left center side of the Crawford boxes. He looks cooked. Maybe there's some elixir or a remedy to the situation, but he's 172 at bats into the season. It's not early anymore, right? The general rule of thumb is, well, until a guy is 100 and 150 at bats, it's tough to gauge. Well, he's gone comfortably ahead of that. He rarely walks his last 10 games obviously zero home runs, one double, one extra base hit over the last 10 games. So there are no smoldering embers that you're thinking, well, maybe that can turn into a little bit of a fire. There's zero, zip, nada. So Dusty continuing to put him in the cleanup spot on this specific point. Dusty's just dumb. I mean, maybe it's the teenager or any any ager. No one likes to be told what to do. So whether Dana Brown or anyone else on the analytics team, Joe Espada, tea leaves, Dusty, this is patently obvious. Continually running Abreu out in the cleanup spot is just doofy. 
I'm with you. I mean, we get the walk off from Tucker with that great come from behind victory. And everybody's talking about, hey, if, if you wouldn't have had Tucker there hitting behind Jordan, it would have been a Brayu, and you probably want to come back and won the game. So we all thought, okay, well, this is what they're going to do going forward. The very next game, Dusty puts a Brayu back in the cleanup spot. It, it makes zero sense to me. I mean, OPS, he has the second worst in the league, I believe, right now. Uh, slugging i think he's third worst um, this is just awful out of people that qualify i don't get it and we look at the team astros ops for the season as a team right now they're 22nd slugging their 25th well you look back at last year they were seventh in ops so it this is not a deal where they only won just with great pitching by the way they're first in era now for the season the astros were also doing it with the bats last year i don't know how sustainable this is they have to do something with the bray you can't hit cleanup anymore you know, I want to cut a little bit of slack to Dusty in that he's not working from prepared text when he speaks with the media, but diminishing slack. I mean, Dusty, frankly, sounded foolish on two issues over the last few days. One on Abreu, well, we just have to get him going. He's hit for years. We just have to get him going. Well, you don't have to get him going by continually penciling him into the fourth spot in your batting order. I mean, go to Jeremy Pena in the leadoff spot, not a prototype leadoff guy. He pulled the plug on that one week into the season. Okay, I get it. Pena doesn't have an eight-year resume like Jose Abreu. Well, Pena's not 36 years old like Jose Abreu and not looking absolutely washed up as Abreu basically has from opening day until this day. And then secondly, on Martin Maldonado, uh, where Dusty was making the point that, well, you know, the way the schedule is and the way we're winning, I think it's pretty much a correlation between Maldi playing and us winning. You play the Cubs and the A's this week. How about the rest of the season before that where their winning percentage better when Maldi wasn't catching? Team ERA better when Maldi wasn't catching. Catching opposing base dealers, higher percentage with Diaz than Maldi. I just think Dusty digs a trench on a couple of these issues, and um, you know, I don't know whether he's going to die on the hill with these. Uh, I will make a, a late May prediction. No matter how this season plays out, my guess is – it's Dusty Baker's last as the manager of the Astros. As I hear you say that, Dusty's not foolish. He, he like he certainly has like reasons for doing. Like he's forgotten more baseball than I'll ever know. I but he can be foolish on specific points. Sure, no, 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 no doubt about dumb it. Things like, dumb people do smart things. Yes, good decisions can work out poorly. Is is it possible that maybe he's carrying water for somebody else in the organization? Is there is there some motivation? Is he giving Abreu enough rope to hang himself on, or is he just sticking with his guns because he feels influenced to do so? I mean, I feel like my confidence would be worse by letting down my teammates batting cleanup in almost every single game. To me, that would be a bigger confidence hit than than Dusty moving me down. So. I don't know if I buy that. And who would he carry water for? Maybe Bagwell or Crane? Because, you know, Dana Brown wasn't here for those signings. I think Dusty, I think he might have hit it there, Brandon. He might have been one of the big guys pushing for a Brayu, you know? So, you know, maybe that's part of it. It's just this team is not built the same way as last year's team, at least up to this point. So you can't keep, you know, going into these situations knowing that you're not giving yourself a very good chance of performing with him hitting in the cleanup spot. He's the worst hitter in baseball right now. I mean, who else would get this kind of 
you know, this many opportunities to keep going out there and doing this. Yeah, as of this week, Dusty Baker's a 74-year-old made man with a very rich and successful, well-rounded baseball life. Other than the Astros giving him one more shot in the saddle as a big league manager, who is he beholden to and, and for what? Uh, I do want to toss in, uh, if not quite revisionist history, a little bit of 2020 hindsight, the Abreu signing was not patently stupid. Right. Right? He was coming off a good year, though, with some warning signs, the power fall off in the second half, but the man did hit over 300 in the second half last year. Uh, by the way, Yuli Gurriel, who's having a better season than Abreu, because well, who isn't having a better season? Uh, <laughs> Gurriel's not doing well with the Marlins. His OPS is back below 700. It's a little better than he was with the Astros last season when he was at a replacement level. It's just that replacement to the tune of three years, $58.5 million to this point is an unmitigated disaster. Well, if if Abreu gives you what Yuli did last year, which he scuffles throughout the year, but then turns it on in, in the playoffs when it matters, then you'll take that every year, I, I think. I mean, granted, I think uh, you would have ju- adjusted the uh, the amount of the contract if that's going to be the case. But one of the, the guys that's kind of getting buried here, uh, you know, metaphorically, is Mauricio Dubon, one of your more productive hitters uh, during the first quarter of the season. I mean, he stepped up in a way that you could not have expected him to step up when uh, Jose Altuve went down with that broken hand. And, you know, we kind of contemplated where do you put him? You can't take his bat out of the lineup, like just out of respect for him. And I know he's only, you know, he's here because he's a utility player and, you know, he's, He's hit better than you could have imagined. But doesn't this kind of go against that old school philosophy of playing the hot hand? And I know we've seen him take some, uh, you know, some grounders at first base. We, we, we've, you know, they've been experimenting with him, you know, taking reps and practice at first base. I don't think there's going to be any situation in which Jose Abreu, if they're not even willing to move him down, they're certainly not going to be willing to replace him with Mauricio Dubon at first. Uh, but do you find it curious that Mauricio Dubon, after being a guy who's contributed so much to you and what had been one of your hottest, at least hitting, he's not, you know, a non-base phenom by any uh, stretch of the imagination, but after kind of hitting a lull, kind of rebounded back and was back ab- above 300 hitting again, is it, is it curious to see him get iced out like this, this quick? Yeah, they didn't see the field in the weekend against Oakland. Uh, but a bit of a numbers crunch until or unless they get to the point where, okay, we'll give him a few reps at first. And uh, to beat the dead horse on this, you know, Dusty, all right, you want to stand by your man, show faith and confidence, reversion to the career mean, whatever. Doesn't mean Abreu should be played 45 of their first 46 games when he's an absolute anvil uh, dragging the boat down. Um, but, you know, Jake Myers, good run. Chaz McCormick recently getting back. So that pretty much precludes Dubon getting center field run that he got some uh, last year. Uh, Corey Jolks has really fallen off. I don't think he merits playing time at this point. So any day you want to DH Jolks or spot him in left field to give Jordan a day at DH, uh, maybe that's where you can uh, funnel a little bit of playing time to Dubon. Um, you know, Altuve's injury was a thumb, not a hamstring. It's not like his cardio's down. So, uh, other than the occasional DH day, it's not like you're going to give Dubon a couple days per week uh, at second base. So he's kind of an odd man out. You know, Yiner Diaz reps at first base. Brantley was taking reps at first base. Dubon now is taking reps at first base. Either you guys want to take some reps at first base. I mean, it's as if they're acknowledging we have to try something else at first base. Well, get on with trying it. 
yeah, move it along. And Dubon can play the outfield for you as well. And I mean, Dusty's been so good about getting Jake Myers at bats and Chaz at bats and, you know, mixing everybody in early in the season so nobody gets cold. And then the second Altuve comes back, your hottest hitter, you, you plant him on the bench. Before Altuve came back, he led the team in hits. He led the team in doubles. He led the team in runs scored. And you're just not going to use this guy anymore. You know, the one big thing we talked about, he doesn't walk that much, which is interesting. We brought up that Altuve has already walked four times in three games. Dubon's walked five times the entire season, 37 <laughs> games. I mean, just think about that. So Altuve's doing his job. He's getting on base. That's what they want there. But I'd like to see more opportunity for Dubon. And I understand he's your only backup infielder right now with Hensley going down. And I keep hearing this argument. Oh, you can't possibly play him. What if somebody gets hurt? It's not the playoffs. If somebody has to play maybe not their strongest position for a few innings just to get you through a regular season game, Oh, well, I don't understand that argument. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It's not the playoffs, but if it were, like if the playoffs started tomorrow and the, and the Astros are in, are, gun to your head, is Dusty still putting Abreu in that cleanup spot? Yes. It feels like Game it. one of the playoffs was tomorrow. Uh, if they're facing a left-handed starter, absolutely. Uh, against a righty, maybe he did him fifth. Maybe he would go Jordan tuck but i don't think any lower than fifth at this point no and when i saw that lineup card come out for the first game without Tuve back and i saw abreu in the four spot which trust me social media had some comments about that it occurred to me that dusty was like finally i get to put my lineup together the way i envisioned it before the season started before altuve got hurt I almost think he was just like, this is the lineup I was going to run out there with Altuve first, Abreu fourth, and he wanted to see that in action, but he got a wake-up call. that It's not working. So still a lot of warts with the offense, a real couple ugly, pussy ones. Uh, But they spend this week at Milwaukee, which is pretty good, but not world-beating, and then another series with Oakland. The Rangers have already had two series with the A's. The Astros get their second Chance at uh, beating up on the hapless this weekend. They're up to a 95-win pace for the season starting the week uh, within two games of the Rangers, who are at Pittsburgh, and then at Baltimore this weekend. So uh, by Memorial Day, the Astros could be uh, in or at least on the cusp of first place. Really, two games out is, is on the cusp already. So, you know, when you have Astro standards and all their success, I'm sure some are thinking, well, boy, these are micro-complaints. Well, no, they're not when your cleanup hitter is, is a joke. Uh, but it means that this team is so good still, not as good as it's been, but is still good. Margin of error is less. And the Astros internally, of course, are going over all of these things uh, that, that we do. So those who just find it as complaining, grow up a little. I don't find Dubon being iced out surprising, but I do find it disappointing just because – it really does go against the mantra of, you know, when your guys go out there performing, and especially a guy like Dubon, who clearly has put in the work, adding muscle, changing his swing path, and seeing the results on the field, and doing it over a sustained period of time. And Charlie, you mentioned Jolks. Uh, he's he's still going to get ABs because he's got pop in the bat, which Dubon does not. But both of them walk uh, the same amount, which is not at all. And so... I just feel like the results are there right now for, for Dubon. Why not give him? And, and you don't have any loyalty to Jolks. Like you can't have loyalty to everybody. Like that, that's the thing is like, okay, you're going to have loyalty to your veteran because uh, Abreu's a, a former MVP. 
you know, he's got a three-year deal. He's not going anywhere. So, you know, let's, let's try to fix it. But you can lower him down the line. Nope. Nope. He's got to be, he's got to be in the cleanup spot. He's got to split, split, split up those two lefties. Okay. Um, but let's, okay, well, let's least, uh, give Dubon some opportunities. No, we got to give everybody else opportunity. I just, at, at what point do you re- reward results? And I just feel like Dubon is a feel good story. I do feel like, man, if, if ever there was a time to work a guy in and maybe give a Brayu a day off, just, just to, you know, whatever is ailing him and also to give Dubon some shine because I think the kid earned it. If Abreu is going to remain the regular come hell or high water, uh, here's here's one uh, plot points path to getting Dubon some playing time. Uh, once every week and a half for Abreu at first. Once every two weeks for Altuve at second. I mean, Jerry, Jeremy Pena is having an eh season so far. Not bad, but he has not built upon the incredible postseason so it's not like you're taking prime Derek Jeter or Barry Larkin out of the lineup. So uh, start every couple of weeks at short. And Alex Bregman's been, eh, if you're comfortable with Dubon at third. So you can spot him here, spot him there, and then you see how center field's going. Uh, the true essence of the utility man that he was supposed to be on this ball club. Of course, does he maintain the level of performance getting piecemeal starts than when he was able to settle into the routine, have the 20-game hitting streak? Uh, though he did before going five for eight in his last two games. Brandon, you alluded to vault back over 300. Law of diminishing returns had kicked in, right? His, his OPS had fallen to right about 700. The on base percentage right about 300. Um, but, you know, he is their most valuable reserve because of flexibility. And sports are they not supposed to be within the context of what's best for the team? A meritocracy. Right, you perform, you play, you play, you play well, you get rewarded financially with further playing time opportunity. Uh, Dubon, though, has, has handled it tremendously with anything that he's had to say on the subject because I think he's he's realistic. He's not thinking, man, I was I was playing so well. Why does Altuve come in and play every day? Because he's Jose Altuve, and Dubon gets that. Yeah, and and just honorable mention to his defense too. I mean, the guy the guy flashes amazing leather. Uh, you know, we we've talked about on this channel maybe the possibility of. Uh, you know, putting, uh, you know, kind of a gradual, you know, acclimation or reacclimation for Altuve by putting him at the DH spot to where you could still take advantage of uh, Dubon's glove and arm at second. But I mean, within the, the first few days back, Altuve's already made some fantastic plays at second. So it's not like there's any sort of precipitous drop off in defense there, but just, just tip of the, to the cap to you know, Dubon, who's just really had a great, turnaround season the narrative has completely changed on him and kudos to him for being able to do that because we were all on and let me just raise my hand and say i'm as guilty as anybody when they re-signed dubon when they brought him back and then especially when they're leading him off there were no bigger eye rolls from this fan base than myself uh and the guy has proved all of us wrong again like you know he hasn't he hasn't turned into uh, Barry Bonds, uh, and he's not even Altuve uh, at this age, but uh, he's he's done what you needed from him, and that was to bridge uh, that gap in uh, missing Altuve. Uh, guys, let's move on to our uh, let's move on to our final topic of the episode, and that is in an age of click-driven media. We're not shocked to see dumb takes, but uh, it sure is amusing sometimes. Well, here's one, uh, courtesy of the Score. 
The Astros have begun their initial descent from baseball's top echelon. Uh, I, I'll just read a quote here I've got, got on the screen for those that are watching it with us. Uh, here's, here's one of the quotes. A franchise that appeared to be set for an extended run of sustained excellence uh, excuse me, but a franchise that appeared to be set for an extended extended run. Let me try that again since I can edit that out. Quote, a franchise that appeared to be set for an extended run of sustained excellence like the Dodgers, Rays, or Yankees now appears to be a different trajectory. Uh, Houston's outlook is downgraded because of personnel losses following the sign-stealing scandal, the erosion of talent in the farm system, and the rest of the industry catching up to its once innovative practices. Uh, so, guys, the the team that is the reigning champs, uh, who Fangraphs currently has as the fourth best World Series odds. Well, I guess it's all over. Have we buried the lead? Should we just shut down the podcast now? What do you guys think? Well, there are a couple of ways to uh, take that in. One, <laughs> the Rays have been good for four years. Went to one World Series. And the Yankees have had 30 straight winning seasons last tasted a World Series appearance in 2009. The Dodgers are state-of-the-art franchise, 10 straight seasons in the postseason, but just the, the one World Series win. Um, are there warning signs with the Astros? Sure. Uh, is the absolute peak of this dynastic era behind them? Probably. But this is not a 106-win caliber team this year. The roster obviously is not as good overall, top to bottom, as last season's team. 2021, 2017, 2019. But when you are the World Series champions, you can still slip a little and contend to win another World Series or at least be a contender with multiple years still on the horizon of excellence. But as we talked about a little bit here, right? Altuve's up after next year and he'll be 34 years old. Bregman's up after next year, will be in his 30s. And Alex Bregman was last elite in 2019. The state of the farm system is not good. But uh, declaring the king is dead, long live the king, that's a lot of wishful thinking. Uh, the score, Canadian founded, then bought by a U.S. gambling company next year. So maybe somewhere in the exchange rate. And when it's gambling, they're just placing a bet that the Astros are going to crumble. That certainly does not appear imminent. It feels like wishful thinking, if, if you're asking me. People have just been waiting to write these articles about the Astros, finally. Oh, is the incoming? I mean, come on, guys. USA Today's power rankings are out. I think the Astros are sixth right now. So they haven't fallen that far. They're only a couple games back in the division. And look how they performed with all these injuries to the pitching staff and Altuve and, and Brantley's still not back. Bregman still hasn't broken out yet. Pena's just kind of doing okay. I mean, imagine when all these things are, are clicking on all cylinders. You've just been kind of riding Jordan and Kyle Tucker till now, but these other guys are going to hit. The pitching, hopefully McCullers will be coming back, but if not, the bullpen's still fantastic. This is a good Astros team, and as long as they can kind of hang around, and I don't think they're just going to hang around. They're on a run. I think it's going to continue, but you see teams like the Lakers. They kind of hang around, and you think they're done, and then all of a sudden, you know, they start popping in the playoffs. I, I know it doesn't look great for them right now but that's the point when you have teams that good they just need an opportunity and then they can show you what they're built of when the games matter the most not this season's golden state warriors last season that won the fourth title in, in golden state's dynasty clearly not the team that they were the first year they won the championship and then the two with kevin durant uh but they were still elite and won another championship that's where the astros are 
Starting this week, the Astros two games behind the Rangers in the American League West. That, with the Rangers being better than the Astros in terms of the everyday positions on the field at all of them, except for Jordan Alvarez, who we're calling the left fielder as opposed to, to DH. Every other position, Rangers way better behind the plate, way better at first base. Marcus Semien's an MVP candidate so far for the Rangers, way better than what Dubon was doing or even good Altuve. Semien would be right there with that Altuve. Uh, much better at shortstop with Corey Seager missing a month. Uh, Josh Young's been better than Alex Bregman so far at third. Jordan has 41 runs batted in. Adolis Garcia has 49 for the Rangers. He's absolutely been better so far this season, the Rangers right fielder, than Kyle Tucker. Uh, Leody Tavares, better than what the Astros have gotten out of the poo-poo platter in center field. Wow, the Rangers are awesome. They're two games. They're two games ahead of the Astros. Are the Astros going to continue to be a, a bottom echelon offense while the Rangers? I mean, maybe the Rangers are going to be legit and have staying power through the summer. I question their starting rotations durability, but it's been outstanding. Their bullpen's flat out weak, and that's the kind of thing that can catch up with you over the, the, the summer months. Um, but, yeah, that the Astros are in tatters presently. I mean, the, 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 the tweet that you, you posted there, Brandon, uh, that they're in their descent, their, their sustainability, as opposed to the Dodgers, the Yankees, and the Rays. The Rays are preposterous, right? The Rays yes. are in a, a four-year window now, not, not already six, not with two World Series, one. Um, but like noses, everyone gets an opinion. Quickly on those stats, they're only two games back, the Astros. Rangers are second in Team OPS at 798. Team Slug and the Astros and OPS are 22nd. Team Slugging, Astros are 25th. Rangers are third. I mean, huge difference in margins there, and yet the Astros are only two games back. Well, if only the Astros were built for sustained excellence, like the Yankees, the team that they've eliminated out of the playoffs three years of this six-year run that they've had, uh, it feels like someone wrote this on a plane. The Astros have begun their initial descent. It feels like they heard the cabin announcement and just uh, ran ran with it from a headline standpoint. Uh, you know, Charlie, you you mentioned a lot of the points here. There are there are some kernels of truth into why you'd want to poke, poke holes. Uh, in this uh, team's ability to maybe sustain uh, this excellence uh, for the next few years. And sign stealing did hurt them. That punishment did hurt them. You lost four draft picks, two, uh, one, and, uh, one and a two for two years in a row. So that, that does hurt. And their farm system is not well regarded. But how many of those top-rated prospects that were traded away for Verlander or Gringy have actually panned out? They're prospects. And it's, you know, at the, at the end of the day, you know, is their farm system uh, well regarded? No. But Drew Gilbert might have something to say about that as well. It doesn't really matter if uh, you know. Look at what look at the trade that James Click was able to make, uh, bringing in a guy who's now what their second best prospect in in their system and Yiner Diaz. So it can it can turn quickly. You only need a few to pan out. And you could honestly argue that 2019 was the Astros' best team as far as a roster goes, and they lost. So. Rosters are one thing, performance is another. And I'll take the team that I just saw won the World Series and who are currently the reigning champs. 
then that takes us to our bottom line question of the week. And our bottom line is where we, uh, I toss out a question to uh, my co-host and then everyone we encourage to respond in the comment section. So guys, we've talked about uh, the return of Jose Altuve. We had a bottom line question just a few weeks ago where we pontificated on whether Jose Abreu, who has been, uh, well well established has been lacking in power would jose abreu hit a home run before jose altuve returned that did not happen uh so uh, props to those who took that side of the coin that brings me to my next one who will hit the home run first this season jose abreu or jose altuve well i'm not backing abreu twice in a row uh (laughs) altuve he leads off any given game, there's a chance he starts the Astros offense with a home run. Abreu now, I may set an over-under of Labor Day, for God's sakes. <laughs> yeah, uh, give me Altuve here. Altuve almost had one. He, he just pulled a little bit foul the other day. So, yeah, give me Altuve. It's just with Abreu, it's not just the numbers. It's the eye test. I I can't remember anybody striking out on three straight pitches as much as he does. It, it, it's hard to watch. So, give me Altuve. I had someone tweet me after the column last week, who homers first, Brian Abreu or Jose Abreu? <laughs> um, so I, you know, full transparency for those who didn't watch that episode, I did take uh, Jose Abreu or Jose Altuve returning. I'm going to root the other way on this. I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to say Jose Abreu runs into one and he hits a home run first. I'm probably going to be wrong and that's fine, but you know, if we all agreed, that'd be boring. So I'll, I'll take Jose Abreu on, on that one. And that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. That's going to do it for episode 24 of Stone Cold Strohs. For Charlie and Josh, I want to thank our producer, Jack, and thank everyone who listened and participated in the show this week. Next Monday is Memorial Day. We will not have an episode of Memorial Day. We're trying to put one together for either Tuesday or Wednesday. So stay tuned. We'll put something out on social media to let you know either way. Until then, go Strohs.